right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Fire the Cannon podcast. This is a author bio episode. Jackie's favorite. We're going to be talking about the life and times of one Roald Dahl. Yeah, my author bio episodes are my favorite. Roald Dahl's not my favorite. but That's why she's talking so fast and like we're actually talking about the subject of the episode <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm going to tell you the episode. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm your host, Jackie. I'm your host, Rachel. I'm Becca. Kind of a host. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Nikita, a guest of the host. Yeah, elevated guest. <laughs> We've never had the four of us on uh, an episode together. And this is Nikita's second episode with us, but the first one went awesome. So we're glad to have her back. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. We weren't sure if Becca would be able to do this one. So Nikita said she would like wait in the wings, but then we were like, girl, just do it anyway. And if Becca can do it, we'll have four. Girl, just do it anyway. Just do it anyway. Love that. Love that. I want, I want everybody on the boat for this one. Yeah. So wait, before we start, I'm going to tell you guys a crazy story. I think it's kind of crazy. It's, it's not that crazy, but I was shocked. Okay. So you were shocked by something that was pretty normal. Tell us the story. So, um, <laughs> on Wednesday, I went to see Mean Girls with our friend Nia at a movie theater and we got drinks there at their little alcohol place. So I showed my ID. We call that a bar here on planet Earth. (laughs) In a movie theater, most I don't know if I would call that a bar. So I showed my ID. On Friday, I was like, oh, my ID is not in my purse. I wonder if it's in a pocket. And it wasn't. The next day, Saturday, I was going to a place near the movie theater. So I thought, I will call the theater and see if they found my ID. And if they did, I'll be right there so I can go pick it up. So I called the theater and a guy said, let me just put you on a brief hold. After I told him what I wanted, he put me on hold for over 20 minutes. <laughs> and the annoying thing is that the hold music, as soon as it started to get to the good part, like it would finally start to ramp up, it would start over again at the beginning. So I would finally start grooving. What was the, what song? Was the song? It was like, boop, 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 boop. Oh, boop, elevator music. Boop, boop. Yeah, it was like <laughs> elevator music, but it would start to get a little bit groovy. But then the beat was about to just, whir, 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 whir. What? Yeah, the... it, seriously, and it would immediately boop, cut boop, boop, boop. and start again at the beginning. <laughs> That's the sound of the of the beat about to drop, Nikita. It was terrible. Let's call the movie theater right now. I've never heard hold music like that. Oh yeah, let's say something to get them on. But so I anyway, after that, I called them again and I said, "Hey, blah blah blah." I ended up having to hang up. Whatever. Can you tell me? Did you guys find my ID? And the person I was talking to was a different person, and they go, "Uh, yeah." We actually can't confirm or deny whether we have your ID. <laughs> what? And I was what? like, what? And they said, we can't confirm or deny it without some confirmation on your end. And I was like, huh? So you can't deny that you have it unless you confirm. Yeah. What? That's so weird. In case the person who's Rachel Best, who's not me. Yeah. So I was like, ID, I was like, so that. you're saying that I have to go in person for you to look at my face to tell me if you don't have my ID. And they were like, Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well. Wow, the confidence. Yeah, I said, well, I'm two minutes down the road. I guess I'll see you soon. So I drove to the theater and I waited in a long line because there were a bunch of people going in. I finally, and they only no. had one ticket taker. I said to the ticket taker, hi, blah, blah, blah. And they said, well, one second. And then they found a security guy or whatever. But they pointed to this guy and um, said, oh, he can help you. So he goes in the back and he's looking for a long time. And then he comes back and he said, like, what night was it? And I said, it's Wednesday. And he goes back again and he's like looking around. He looks back and he's like, sorry, you spoke with someone who said your ID was here. And I said, no, I spoke with someone who said (laughs) they couldn't confirm or deny if my ID was here unless I came in person. That person just didn't check. Yeah, she didn't feel like checking. He goes, what? They were messing with you. They were messing with you. He was so shocked. And he goes, 
I am really sorry to hear that. <laughs> we don't have it. <laughs> no. Wow. That was worse than Google two-factor authentication, you know? And, like, and you log into your email and they're like, we need you to give a blood sample. We need you to drive to Palo Alto and show us your face. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was bizarre because I'm like, wait, why can't you deny it? Because you're not looking for <laughs> Just it. deny it. Yeah, she didn't want to look for it. That's amazing. Because the thing is, if they said they had it, then I would go and they could see if my face matched or yeah, not. Yeah, like you don't have to give it to me if it's not me. Yeah. No, we've been having a lot of problems in Atlanta movie theaters with evil twins trying to get their other twins ID. Oh, no way. Doppelgangers on the loose? Doppelgangers on the loose. I guess. Well, that's unfortunate. So you never found it? Um, I no, I mean, that was last night, like quite late. So I might find it. Who knows? I might find it this evening. Okay. So Rachel never found it. Yeah, she uh, never did. <laughs> Please email the podcast if you find it, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, Fire the cannon podcast at gmail.com. I mean, honestly, it's probably in my car or in my like whatever pants I was wearing that night, something like probably. That. I had an ID situation as well this past weekend. <laughs> what was so it? So maybe it what runs happened? in the family. So yeah. it's yeah. genetic. <laughs> and I should have known, like, I it didn't occur to me because, as you know, my birthday was on Thursday. Happy yeah. birthday. Oh, thank you. Happy belated birthday. Not for me. I said it to her on time. <laughs> I just met Becca. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, we've never met before. You don't have to wish me a happy birthday. So I go, I have to take the first half of, I get this first day of the dental boards. And I go and they, we get this crazy email that's like, okay, well, you can't wear any jewelry. You can't wear any ornate hair accessories. Yeah, what if you like write some tooth facts on a hair clip? I don't, yeah. And mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. just very, and they like, Every time you go in that you have to check all your pockets and like there's a whole thing. And they're like, you need two forms yeah. of ID. When I took my boards, not dental boards, they made me like unzip yeah. my knee high boots so they could Whoa. like look in my boots. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, that's crazy. Cause I had to lift wow. up my pants. Yeah. When I took the um the bar exam, like they have pretty strict rules, but they didn't check our stuff. No, they like, made me pull up my pants. They didn't pat anything down. They didn't check our pockets they had like a wand oh my god tsa up in these exam halls yeah they would have made they would have been upset if they made me pull up my pants because i haven't shaved my legs in about six months or so oh no my legs were hairy too (laughs) i don't i don't care that much if a dentist like cheated a little bit well thanks i know exactly i think i care i think i care way more than if a lawyer cheated (laughs) a lawyer is not going to be messing around in my head physically anyway i mean ethics are a huge part of being a lawyer i don't for whatever reason, I have never really thought about dentists as particularly ethical or unethical. I don't really care if my dentist is a liar. Wow. <laughs> I do. They lie to me all the time. Really? Yours <laughs> Well, did? I feel like they exaggerate. Like It's great to see you. <laughs> something's really bad in my Becca, mouth. <laughs> is that true? No, I don't. I do think people have different priorities, though, you know, <laughs> for their dentist. Yeah. Okay, well, that's fair. That's like, fair. Like, I want, I'm like, oh, my God. I want you to keep all of your teeth in your head for the rest of your natural born life. That's insane. And some people like don't care that much about that. (laughs) Like if they lose a couple teeth, they're fine with it. Well, because can't they sell more than like, oh, I'll sell you some really expensive fillings, veneers, implants. Oh, when I say people, I'm saying my patients don't care. My patients are like, what's one tooth here and there? And I'm like, it's a problem. (laughs) What's a tooth here and there? 
Um, a tooth among friends. I had a friends. dentist lie to me one time. <laughs> oh, no. Like, they told me, did I tell you the story of how I went to a new dentist and they told me all my teeth were full of, quote, micro cavities and I needed them all filled? Ooh, And that's I told impossible. my grandma. That's, yeah. And she was like, I don't think you should let them start drilling. Like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Once you start drilling, you can't stop. It's like, yeah. I don't know, once you go black, you don't go back or yeah. something. Like, once you drill, you always drill. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Sometimes you can just watch it. Yeah, so no. So I went to a new dentist, and they were like, you don't have any cavities. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That other guy was just lying. You should have reported that guy he... to the boards. Well, yeah, it's tricky. <laughs> he had some stuff Wait, up really? his socks when he took that yeah. test, I bet. <laughs> yeah, his knee-high boots. Can you report a dentist, Becca, if a dentist says that every single one of your teeth is filled with micro-cavities? Can you report them? So, yeah, I mean, you can, you can, but it just, like, gets into because, and I don't know, I haven't seen your x-rays. Some people are a lot more conservative. I'll put them on the, I'll put them on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. some people are like, <laughs> like, maybe you did have, like, if someone has like a little cavity, I would sometimes say, you know what? I think we can just keep an eye on this and see if it but doesn't like get worse. But like dozens of micro cavities? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a lot. Could you conceive of a situation where one dentist says every single one of your teeth is filled with micro cavities and another dentist says you don't have any? Like one of them is lying. That's not a <laughs> that's difference yeah, of opinion. Like it has to be really really crazy for us to like be reporting each other on things that sounds crazy (laughs) becca that sounds really crazy no i think crazy is like they take half your teeth out you know and then for no reason you just are missing half your teeth you should report that yeah well anyway so why don't we wait jump into the life of becca did you tell us your id no 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 no, my no my id (laughs) essentially i I needed two forms of id and i was like i don't know what's gonna count you have to have your signature on it. Your middle names have to match. And I was like, well, I have my credit card because the credit card was okay, but my credit card doesn't have my middle name on it. And I was like, I don't know if that's going to work. So I brought my license and I brought my- Why couldn't you bring your passport or well, something? Well, I was like, that seems excessive, you know? So I brought my license. I brought my credit card. I brought my student ID. I did bring my passport just in case because I was like, whatever. And then I get there and my student ID, they were like, nope, because you don't have your signature on here. And it's like, really? It has my face on it, but whatever. So <laughs> no. And then <laughs> the credit card did work, surprisingly, even though my middle name didn't match. And apparently my driver's license expired. So I had to use my apparently. Passport. Well, I didn't know oh that it gosh. expired. Like, what? Yeah, it was Ever? just my birth. I knew it expired at some point, but oh, I have had okay. so many birthdays that I haven't had to get a new license. I just kind oh. of forgot about it, you know? How many birthdays you got? I mean, 29 I've had. 29 birthdays. She, 29? She's Methuselah. <laughs> Wait, so so it's good that you had a little bit of overkill or you would have been screwed. I know, because only, yeah. like, I brought four IDs and only two of them worked and I needed two. So. And the two that you... We're the least likely to bring. I'm very paranoid about that stuff. When I went to mine, I brought my passport, my license, my birth certificate, and my social security card. I was like, I am proven I am who I am today. And and no, my birth certificate did not have a baby signature on it. So <laughs> baby signature. <laughs> like a footprint. Yeah. It's pretty cute. <laughs> so the birth certificate. It match work. it doesn't match my current foot. I have grown a little bit. But maybe little. the swirls are the same. Switch. You know, Ooh, the swirls. Footprint yeah. swirls. Yeah. Little CSI in this bitch. Okay. <laughs> That's what Nikita's dentist is like. Your mouth is just filthy, Nikita. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 dentists agree. I'm going to see the dentist tomorrow. <laughs> oh, well, good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, I know. I like this dentist. He's really nice, and that's probably why I came back. So I'm okay with being conned mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if you if you're really nice, you can do a little con. 
Yeah. Here, what's a little con here and there? What's a little con? Sometimes you do need a filling, though. Sometimes you need one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not it's not always, always a lie. I don't believe it. <laughs> Fake news. So you never need a filling. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, um, there's a lot of real doll facts that I want to tell you guys. So what I'll do is I've organized it into like basically his biography of what happened to him in his life. And mm-hmm. then the second part, I'm going to talk about different controversies with him. Wait, so I, I think first before Jackie starts let's say why like Nikita if you hear the name Roald Dahl do you know who that is yeah I know who that is he wrote Matilda James and the Giant Peach Willy Wonka all those like big friendly giant movie adaptations that I've seen yeah I've seen saw the movies first before the book read the witches so Mm -hmm. yeah okay so you're familiar with him as a children's book writer did you know that he wrote short stories for adults uh probably but I don't think I've ever read one Okay. Do you know anything else at all about him as a person? Wasn't he probably racist or something? Yeah, probably. I think he (laughs) was. (laughs) Okay, Becca, you want to say what you know about him? Oh, yeah, this is what I knew. I knew he wrote, like, kind of creepy short stories for adults because the one where the guy's friend, it's he's like a some sort of surgeon wait wait wait! don't spoil it oh, i want to talk, talk about, about it i want to talk okay about anyway yeah, that yeah. was weird i read that and i was like what is going on and then i realized yeah. it was ruled doll and i was like what is he up to this yeah. freak but anyway yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> drugs yeah no i don't want to i don't want to spoil all the good stuff so yeah. i won't say more i think but i think i know much more about him than the average person and i just kind of mm-hmm. wanted to gather what what might be you know common knowledge before oh Jackie and he hated children person. right no that's <laughs> hilarious that's rachel so said funny. that on the last one but i think that's a common misconception <laughs> okay yeah no um, okay, so we'll get into the, that kind of stuff. He hated brown children. You guys, we, we're going to get there. <laughs> we want racism now to discuss. Jackie's like, spoilers, we can't talk about the racism yet. Okay. We got to save it. We got we to gotta mm-hmm. save all the good stuff to the juicy stuff till the end. Like, well, yeah, we want. You heard it here, folks. Jackie called racism the good stuff. <laughs> what do we want? Racism. When do we want it? Now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, he was born September 13th in 1916. Makes him a Virgo. Virgo. I don't know when he was baptized, but uh, they... You're slacking. You're falling down. I thought about it. I thought about it. Rachel loves me to say when people were baptized. How long has he been dead? We'll get there. He died in 1990. Oh, before I was even born. Oh, sorry. We'll get the spoilers. I was, I, we don't even know if he's dead. <laughs> You're shocked that a man um, born in 1913 is dead, Becca? Yeah, I think he's dead. I just thought we overlapped a little bit. <laughs> we did. Whoa. Not oh, me. actually, we didn't. Yeah. None of us did. Yeah, none yeah. of us. Wow. Maybe one of us is the reincarnation of him. Hard pass. I don't think I am. <laughs> no, thank you. I guess it's going to, I guess it's going to be the one that's not brown, which yeah. might be me, <laughs> but I'm not racist. Okay. <laughs> We're like 10 minutes into the episode and I've already had to claim I'm not racist. <laughs> We're um, off to a great start. So he actually, yeah, we're off to a great start. He was born in Wales to Norwegian immigrant parents. So his first language was actually Norwegian. Exotic. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah, exotic. Um, his family was pretty wealthy, but his father died when he was only three, but he was able to leave his family a good amount of money. But so a lot of his stories kind of have elements from Norwegian folklore that his mom would tell little stories to them. The so, legend of the chocolate factory. Yeah, the legend a real of one? a factory no. that makes chocolate. No. Man, that sounds nice, though. 
I would read it. <laughs> it would be nice. Uh, no, things like giants, like the BFG or trolls, mm. which apparently he wrote something called the Minpins, which was about trolls, which I'd never heard of. Or like talking foxes. So fantastic Mr. Fox he also wrote. So there's some some little elements for you. As a child, he was... He played some pretty crazy pranks on people, oh. which I don't even know that I would call these pranks. <laughs> Rachel smiling. Look, you know some of these? He murdered some folks. <laughs> what? Look, we we, no, we just, tortured some folks. No, that's, that's, a, that's an Obama, that's an Obama quote. quote Jackie likes to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the funniest thing any president had ever said. Did he really he was, say that? Yes, he did. Okay. Really? He was talking about we, Guantanamo. We some folks. The PR team was working overtime that day. <laughs> you know, because like sidetrack. Yeah, his his whole stick for like years of his presidency was we are going to close Guantanamo. He gave some <laughs> speech where he was like acknowledging what had happened there and giving reasons why he wanted to close it. And his exact words are, we tortured some folks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which wow. like that politician. I mean, language. but how is he supposed to say that? You know, <laughs> I don't know. Not at all. I don't, just, just don't say just, it. Yeah. Some folks just is stop, just a really weird. Stop doing it. Like, just stop doing just, it. And we don't need to talk about it anymore, honestly. We, we, uh, we tortured some folks. <laughs> okay. No, he didn't torture any folks. Uh, um, at age eight, he and his friends were caned by their headmaster because he put a dead mouse in a jar of gobstoppers at a local candy shop. Oh. Because they disliked the owner, who they described as mean and loathsome. She would later serve as the inspiration for Miss Trunchbull from Matilda. Well, was wow. she actually mean or was she just following the rules? Seems like maybe she was like, don't put dead mice in my candy, you little shits. Like, He's like, I'll show you. I'm going to put a dead mouse in. Oh, <laughs> yeah, gosh. I'm going to ruin my own candy yeah. supply. He might have deserved that beating. I hate to say that. <laughs> about a child <laughs> becca comes out as pro child abuse <laughs> well this for some reason spicy. Which, <laughs> a spicy it's kind of spicy take yeah well i find this hilarious for some reason that sweet shop it's no longer a sweet shop but the building is still there and it has a plaque on it dedicated to oh my Rome's gosh all. what <laughs> so i think he got the last laugh there like that That's poor woman's wild. business has a plaque on it dedicated to the kid who put a dead mouse in her candy. what's this woman's name I want some vindication for uh, her. Miss, Mrs. Pratchett. Hmm. Sorry, Miss Pratchett. Justice for Pratchett. Unless you were racist too, then whatever. She probably yeah, she was. Probably was I mean, everyone <laughs> yeah. was. It was 19-whatever, 1920, 1930, yep. something like that. Um, he also wrote, he had an autobiography called Boy, Tales of Childhood. And he wrote about, he called this quote, happy memories. And one of his happy memories was the time he replaced the tobacco in someone's pipe with goat droppings. <gasps> oh, that brought him a lot of joy later in life. Apparently, what a menace! A menace to society. Chocolate was kind of a recurring theme in his life and his <laughs> works because at one of the boarding schools he attended, Cadbury, you know that like Cadbury eggs, the chocolate yeah. company, they would bring in chocolates to the schoolboys to like test them out and see how they like. Is that allowed? Uh, clearly, what you think they were like <laughs> sneaking it in like contraband? Oh, hey, okay. kids, try this. Yeah. <laughs> Stop by my van afterwards. Tell me yeah. It had to be like taste testing, not like we added this unknown chemical. Let's see what happens to the boys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like market research. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sure yeah. they were like FDA approved. Chocolates. It was like MK Ultra LSD chocolates Whoa. for schoolboys. No, so he would like fantasize about like inventing a new kind of chocolate and he could impress Mr. Cadbury himself. So I think he saw a little bit of Charlie Bucket. <laughs> That's so funny. He wanted to impress Mr. Cadbury. Is it actually a Mr. Cadbury? Cadbury or is a Ms. Cadbury. I don't know. He 
he apparently thought there was one. Yeah, he could have been wrong. He might have just assumed there was a Mr. Cadbury. And it was Mrs. all along. Sexist and racist. <laughs> Maybe a Madam Cadbury. Oh, exotic. Senorita Cadbury. <laughs> so Cadbury was founded by a George Cadbury, but he had died long before Roald Dahl was. But maybe like his son became the new Mr. Cadbury? I don't know. We'll we'll get down to the bottom of this. Don't worry. That, that's the other juicy stuff at the end is who inherited the Cadbury factory. Yeah. <laughs> but so this was definitely something that really impacted him in his writing. He went to a series of boarding schools that were very, very violent uh, towards Oof. the students. And he was what? pretty homesick. Yeah, he really disliked. I think that was honestly kind of almost par for the course at this time, like beating the students. British boy boarding schools were insanely violent and also a lot of the boys were like gay together. It's like a formative experience for British, rich British guys at the time. One of those things is bad. This is why we have societal issues today. (laughs) That might be why British people are so weird. It's why the English are so weird. Or trying to colonize all the time. They're all traumatized from boarding school. They miss their boyfriends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the teachers and the headmasters beating the kids, but then the older boys would also beat the younger boys, and like the teachers didn't care about that at all. When he was 17, a friend of his was like, sometimes the canings would like draw blood. They were that bad. Mm -hmm. A friend of his was so brutally caned by the school's headmaster that it caused all to like doubt the existence of God. He was like, this is kind of making me rethink religion. Wait, how old? Because of course, all the schools were religious. He was 17. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So the he- that headmaster may have inspired the character of the Grand High Witch in The Witches, who is mm-hmm. like, crush the children and smash them and eat them. Mm. Teachers didn't think he was that great of a writer either, and one commented on his work, quote, I have never met anybody who so persistently writes words, meaning the exact opposite of what is intended. I'd like an example. Yeah, I also would you like didn't an get example. One. Okay. It'd probably be pretty funny. <laughs> I love violence. Oh, I meant I hate violence. What? I don't know. I feel like that's relatable because oh. I'm constantly like saying words that. Yeah, maybe be British in the... people didn't know about sarcasm at the time. Yeah, the dry humor. Even though they're the most dry of us all, right? But they mean it though. <laughs> they're not being sarcastic. They're just bland. They're the driest uh, people on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Unflavored. Yeah. Jeez. Sorry, our friend Jacob. He's not. He's not dry. But he's from the northern part of England, which is almost Scotland. Which is oh, they're. A little less dry over there. Okay. Yeah, they're moisturized, unbothered in their lanes. A little closer to being Scottish, a little farther mm. away from being a posh Londoner. Yeah, yeah. Well, these guys were in Wales, so that's not... Oh, did I tell you guys? I did like a an internship in England one summer, and I worked for like a public interest defense solicitor's firm. And if we needed stuff from the cops... They would always make me call the cops because they were like, the cops really hate us and they don't want to work with us. But you have such a relaxing Southern accent that they will yeah, like. I knew it. I really knew it. love I was... to talk to you, and it was true. Yeah. Like every time I called the cops, they were like, "Ooh, I just I feel like I've just been on holiday or whatever." Oh and um, their life is so sad. We do that to, uh, when they come here, so it makes sense. They return the favor. Ooh, ooh say something else. <laughs> One thing that they did tell me once was I was talking to them. They were saying I needed to call someone, and they were like, "Oh, you know, but this person's Welsh, so they have like it might." be hard for you to understand their accent and I was like oh I, I said like I don't I don't think I know what a Welsh accent sounds like can you describe it and I think I asked two English people to describe like what a Welsh accent sounds like and every single time they're always like 
it's very sing sing song i know but it's like that is not how you tell someone what an accent sounds like you don't go like that's like how you just tested your mic at the beginning of this oh it was hold on i want to look up a honestly that's a pretty good that's a pretty good description it reminds me of that game from the price is right um, it was like a yodeling guy. <laughs> All I remember, I remember what? the song very vividly. Sing it, yodel it, girl. I'm not gonna yodel it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but I was gonna say I don't. I never really thought of your accent as very southern, so that's interesting. No, it's, it's no, it's not. not. That's the funny part. I think I think my accent might be as southern as possible for them to not have a problem understanding me. I feel like if it was actually a An real actual, southern accent. Like, thick- draw they wouldn't they get would it be, yeah, yeah they would be like pardon yeah the one time i went to london we went to some it was like north london so it wasn't even like north of the country but we encountered <laughs> someone who like i literally couldn't understand what they were saying like they were speaking <laughs> english and they were white but i was like i were they I scottish don't i <laughs> those accents can be no hard i to don't understand. i don't think they were what did you do did you leave <laughs> She left the country. I left the country and I never went back. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was too scary. <laughs> okay. Roll. So anyway, so he left school at 18 and he began working for Shell, the oil company, oh. first Uh-oh. in Kenya. Oh, that is <sighs> evil. White man working for an oil company in Africa. You can't get much more evil than that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. In 1920 yeah. or 30 or whatever. Yeah, that's a bunch of red flags. It was 1934 when he went bunch of field of red flags and then he worked in modern day tanzania uh so he spent five years working in africa pretty it, it seems like pretty uneventfully in 1939 um world war ii was approaching so all the germans who were living in dar es salaam needed to be rounded up which sounds pretty uh sus i'm fine with that at the time yeah but they're just like german people they're just uh, like rounding them jackie up and, they're they're working they? for oil companies in africa i think any yeah any European what are they doing any European in Africa be rounded up fair to round them up get them out of there get them out well of they there. should have rounded them all up not yeah. just these random ones no, I it agree. didn't say they work for the oil company they're just living there just ra- round them up round them up so but he was chosen to round them up so he became a lieutenant and he commanded a platoon of native men from the Askari mm. tribe mm. which I just thought you know you just these things you just don't realize about random authors that used to have like fascinating lives he's giving Willy Wonka vibes yeah Willy Wonka yeah, you just vibes. think they're in their room writing. Like, why are they out and about? Get back in there and start writing. Yeah, these days, authors, they seem to just, like, go to college and write. Yeah, they don't do mm-hmm. anything. These guys were just doing all kinds of crazy things. Yeah. Yeah. He joined the RAF. The Royal Air Force, for anyone who doesn't know. The Royal Air Force, yes. This was a fun fact that, well, I just thought it was kind of funny. It said, after a 600-mile car journey from Dar es Salaam to Nairobi, he was accepted for flight training with 16 other men. I was like... You can tell whoever wrote that is not from America because that's like not yeah. that far. Like, oh, he drove Ooh. to Virginia. Six hundred. <laughs> that's like me driving to North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. to my mom's house. <laughs> I just do that the day before Christmas. You should, like, hey, mom. Yeah, you should look into flight training. <laughs> it sounds like that's the qualification. <laughs> yeah. Should I? Should I, though? Um, but of those 16 men, only three survived the war. Mm. But um, so anyway, he was assigned to fly a plane called a Gladiator, which was the last of the biplane type aircraft. So you're picturing maybe like it's like two plane wings, but then there's a set of plane wings below that. Oh, yeah. Nice. I'm familiar. Like the original plane. With, like, a propeller on the front. Yeah. Yeah. But even at that time, it was obsolete. And he did not get any (laughs) training in flying that particular type of plane or in aerial combat. And they were just, like... I think his first day of training, they gave him seven hours 
of training and then they sent him to fly solo. So obviously he had more flights after that, but then he was given this obsolete old plane and sent into aerial combat with That's no training. That's probably why so many of his colleagues didn't survive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems like they were working against themselves. Yeah, yeah honestly. Like old planes. Some OSHA in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need some OSHA. One evening he was attempting, he flew from Egypt and was attempting to land in Libya, but apparently he was given the wrong instructions. So they sent him on a flight flight path that put him into the no man's land between Italians and the allied forces. Oh, <laughs> I can't imagine a worse place to be. <laughs> and there was no landing strip. Yeah, he said he couldn't find the landing strip. Spoiler, there was no landing strip. They had sent him to a random place in the desert. It was nighttime and he was running low on fuel, so he attempted a landing in the desert but crashed. His plane hit a boulder, Ooh. burst into flames, nice. and he <laughs> fractured his skull. Crashed his skull? Well, thankfully he was almost out of fuel. Shouldn't have been that big of a deal like the flames wouldn't have been that high oh yeah i can't have that many flames with an empty gas tank yeah yeah i think any amount of flames after you've crashed is not great but, but there's degrees know. jackie I can barely handle matches there's degrees <laughs> well he was blinded um his <gasps> nose was smashed so far into his face they had to like pull it out to reconstruct his skull was fractured yuck Ooh. two types of <laughs> rachel best sisters one is like interested Ooh. and the other is like disgusting Wait, i i need to say one thing because i realized the way that i said yuck just then i was quoting my dad oh <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did what did you say? I didn't. Catch I said it. yuck. Like the way I said it is the way my dad did. You did say it pretty boldly. You want to let people know that's not how you normally say no, it. No, this is why he said it originally. You need to know what prompted him to say yuck. Like that. okay, <laughs> okay. Basically, my mom said like, oh, she said. Oh, Wendy's has a new Frosty. It's pumpkin spice flavored. And then he like leans back in his chair and he's like wiggling around and he says, yeah. And he like wiggle. He's wow. just like, he's, yeah, he says it with his whole body. Just like so forced. <laughs> his chest. Yuck. That's very Muppety. <laughs> Muppety. <laughs> oh, there we go. Take a shot. Jackie mentioned the Muppet. But it's just a pumpkin spice Frosty. Just don't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> What's the problem? Yeah. Well, because you know how Muppets don't, they can't really make facial expressions like Cookie Monster can like kind of jiggle his eyes around and sometimes you can move their <laughs> eyebrows but they really have to just express their emotions with their bodies and it sounds like that's what your dad that's did. That's so true. I never thought about it like that. But okay. anyway, just the concept, like he was peacefully eating dinner before that and everyone at the table was totally shocked <laughs> that that was his reaction to hearing that there's a pumpkin spice flavored milkshake somewhere. I mean, you thought you'd think they would have said like, yeah, there's a poop flavored. Yeah, frosty. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or like like you've been yeah on your plate eating right poop. now you're eating poop <laughs> not there is currently an right ice now. cream flavor that's yeah. or like a milkshake that's okay. pumpkin spice at a place and you don't have to get it <laughs> yeah pumpkin so he doesn't like pumpkin spice at all yeah he it sounds like he not only dislikes it it sounds like he is revolted at the mere <laughs> yeah. mention of it so revolted <laughs> He does, yeah. He doesn't like pumpkin. What do pumpkins ever do to him? I don't know. He does know. not like. Them. He has a he has a weird thing about not wanting to admit when he doesn't like a food. He has a problem. Are yeah, you I was sure? Say, are you sure? Because he seemed very adamant that he yeah. did not like pumpkin spice. Yeah. He ha if it's if it's healthy if it's healthy he won't admit he doesn't okay. like it. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird. So quirk. yuck. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. he fell from this plane and is about to die. He crashed his plane. <laughs> And somehow Squished they face. rescued him, even though, like, he wasn't where anybody thought he would be. Um, and 
he apparently later attributed that head trauma to his creative genius. Love that for him. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. They attributed his genius to the head trauma. No, he did. He attributed oh. his genius to the trauma. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said it backwards. Okay. <laughs> you said it the other way. <laughs> <laughs> he attributed his head trauma to his creative genius. I, I knew what you were saying. I knew what you were talking about. I'm so smart. I crashed my plane. Nice. That's what he told his boss later. Well, you know what? I was going to say, remember a famous author who crash landed in the Libyan desert only a few years earlier? Who also wrote about Antoine. it? Antoine. Antoine de Saint-Exupéry of Little Prince fame. Oh, so we all need a crash in the desert in order to True. become geniuses. Get your MFA, crash a plane. There's a great track record now. Two for two. For, uh, Europeans crashing their planes in the desert and then writing classic books. Yeah. In the Libyan desert specifically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> what kind of health insurance did he have? They, like, he's fine. I'm guessing, oh. you know, he made it. Back to normal. Well, you know, he's, he's British, so. <laughs> Who's to wow. say if they're normal or not? <laughs> I want to see what he looked like, like how his face healed. Like if it looked really off after He this. looks normal. It honestly looked pretty normal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, looks hmm. normal. Uh, he had a really big forehead, but I think that's also partially because he was kind of bald. He was six, six and a half feet tall. He's six foot six. Okay. So like Abraham Lincoln. That's so tall. Yeah. So, uh, but no, he attributed the creative genius to his head trauma because he had never written anything before this. He was rescued, but his brain swelling was so severe that he remained blind for six oh, weeks gosh. even after he regained consciousness. There was like a very brief mention in what I read that said he fell into and out of love with a nurse while he was recovering. And I have no idea if- <laughs> That's drugs. Drugs. Drugs will do like, that to you. Did regaining his sight cause him to fall out of love? That's like, a good point. But also, no. you did say something, and I hate to nitpick, but I'm going to do it. You said he didn't regain okay. his sight even after he regained consciousness. And it's like, if he's blind only when he's unconscious, like, who <laughs> yeah, cares? Who cares? That's me every night, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I guess no one asked him if he was blind while he was unconscious. You get a million dollars, but in exchange, you have to be blind while you're asleep. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll take it. Sign me up right now. <laughs> you know what? That's what the source said, though, so I didn't even write that funny. That's what another source said, and I was just like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, okay, so so now you're saying, actually, I didn't make a mistake. I plagiarized. Whoa. <laughs> she plagiarized yeah. a mistake. Looks like someone can't be the president of Harvard. No, she did the quotes. I saw her. I saw her do it. Visual quotes. Mm. Did it say that exactly? I don't know, but it basically said that. <laughs> so, But after this, he had terrible headaches, and he had to leave active duty but he was sent to work for the British Embassy in Washington, D.C., where he became a spy, like an actual true blue spy Ooh, doing spy stuff. That's fine. You didn't know that, Becca? That's like the number one thing people know. And then he wrote Agent Cody Banks. <laughs> Is that your go-to for a spy, Agent Cody Banks? Yeah. <laughs> Is that not y'all's go-to? Well, if you hear about a British spy, most people think of James, James Bond. Bond. They're not like, oh, an American teenager. Oh, I only heard spy. <laughs> no, I think of the guy who played Sauron. What was his name? He died. Christopher, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. That's who I think of. Yeah, he was a British He's spy. He's also a spy. In IRL, he was a real spy. Wait, Agent Cody Banks was in London, so Wait, that counts. But he was usually <laughs> okay. not in cool. London, though. He was usually over here. Yeah, if you're going to spy yeah. for your country, you're usually spying in a, in a different country <laughs> on that country. <laughs> yeah, no, Christopher Lee taught Peter Jackson what it sounds like when someone gets stabbed in the back. I think that's a pretty well-known fact. Yeah. Is it a well-known fact or is it just for nerds? I think it's well-known fact for, I don't know, people who are online maybe. But he had somebody getting stabbed in the back and going like, ah! And Christopher like, Lee was like, no, 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 it's more like... <laughs> 
And I can tell you from experience. Other people's experience, not his. Of him stabbing people, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, he probably did have to stab some people. We stabbed some folks. Yeah, he stabbed we, some uh, folks. We, we stabbed some folks. <laughs> we tortured some folks. It's also it's also the stammer and the uh that oh, just, we, uh, you can tell he was trying to think of a better way to say it, and he still ended up like, saying that. What's a folksy? Yeah, what's like <laughs> yeah. a kind of charming way of saying this? So, But he fed uh, information about FDR directly to Winston Churchill. The quote was he was helping him get on with FDR and telling him, quote, what was in the old boy's mind? He also worked for M16, which was a famous uh, British spy group. Wait, so he was spying on our president, even though they were all friends because he wanted Churchill to like look cool to FDR? Like that's it was like <laughs> he wanted them to stay friends. It seems like he was being like like the trope of like people are on a date and they're like I don't know what to say and they're like it's okay. Here's an Put earpiece. Ear piece. I'll tell I'll you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Cyrano de Bergerac. Yeah. What, what do I say to her? <laughs> he Cyrano'd him. <laughs> Just helping him get along. Like he calls up Winston Churchill and is like he likes trucks <laughs> or something. <laughs> Call him Frank. He likes that. Talk about <laughs> cheating on your wife. You both have that in common. (laughs) Everybody had that in common. Okay, but anyway, so in 1953, he stays in America. Uh, He marries American actress Patricia Neal, and they had five children together, but there was some tragedy involved in this. One of them was, I think his only son actually was named Theo. At four months of age, Theo was severely injured when a speeding New York City taxi cab smashed into his baby carriage. Oh Oh my gosh. And gave him brain trauma. And same thing as with his dad, his brain swelled and he had hydrocephalus which is like there's too much fluid uh, pressing on your brain. So, but I actually looked up his kids. They're all still alive, except for the one I'm about to tell you about. Oh, but he is still alive. He's oh. 66 now. Younger than I would have thought for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dahl helped invent a special shunt. It's called the Wade Dahl Till Shunt to drain the fluid, and it helped thousands of kids. Oh, so. good for him. That's cool, though. He kind of had some roles in medicine as well. Like, I didn't have any other examples written down, but he had, like, a couple of little inventions, and he's a proponent of science and medicine. I just can't believe someone would hit a baby carriage with a car. That's, like, an insane thing to they do. They do it still to this day. I'm sure they <laughs> didn't plan to. I think it was an accident. Well, just be more careful. Yeah. Like, I mean, I agree. Oh, yeah. dang. Have you ever been to New York? You see how they drive over there? They have places yeah. to be. Yeah. You do not have the right of way, even if you're a baby in a carriage. That's oh, yeah. rough. Hey, I'm rolling here. Yeah. No. <laughs> Rachel shook her head and said no. <laughs> I do think it's it's always very nice when you are like Googling an invention and you find out like, oh, this guy invented it for his wife or something. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's always Oh, this nice. mom came up with this for her baby or Aww. something. That's always yeah. great. It is nice. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, his daughter, Olivia, his eldest daughter, was not so lucky. She died at age seven from measles. Um, Oh, yeah. It'll get you. Vaccinations. Good and important. At the time, there was not a vaccine for measles, but he became a very, very strong proponent for vaccines after that. I feel that. Good for him. Mm -hmm. Good for him. This person is an enigma. He's kind of subverting all the expectations I've had about him. People are complex. (laughs) Well, if only there weren't brown people, he could have been a good man. You know, (laughs) we ruined it for him. Good point. Hey, everybody. We hope you're enjoying this episode. I have no idea at what point this interstitial will be inserted. So hopefully it's not the part where we talk about how racist he is. (laughs) But if it is, even so, I hope you're having a good time. If you are, we would love it. If you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or like a thumbs up on Spotify or, you know, tell friends and family that you think would enjoy this podcast, tell them about us. We always really love to hear that people heard about us through others. Additionally, 
We also love it when you go to patreon.com slash fire the cannon. Cannon, as always, is spelled C-A-N-O-N. And support us via, you know, donations of money. Patronage. Yeah. (laughs) Which someone did recently. So we have a new patron to thank. And that is Sarah. (laughs) Yay, Sarah. Thank you. Um, You are so nice to us. And you've been chatting with us on Facebook as well. I believe uh, you're a friend of Nell, maybe. Uh, But we're... So happy that you have joined our patron edge, uh, our Patreon. Our Patreon. We're happy you're a patron. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we hope you enjoy what you're getting from it. And we just appreciate you. You're so nice. Mm-hmm. And oh, Sarah did say she chimed in to let us know um, that if you think all the way back to the Sleepy Hollow episode, uh, she, given the choice between a bodiless head or a headless body, chose the bodiless head because she thinks it would be nice to have someone to sing with so mm-hmm. i agree i think having a, a head to sing along with would be great all right if you would like a shout out <laughs> and if you want to give your reasons for which of those two things you yeah. picked, <laughs> you should uh consider supporting us on patreon but if you just want to chat with us or other people who listen to the podcast we have a facebook group you have an Instagram, you can email us, whatever. It's basically all fire the cannon pod. You should check us out. Yeah, we're on Twitter. I just, I'm the only one who does the Twitter. And do you all actually I, tweet All anything? I do is retweet memes. Oh, okay. I, I retweet memes about books that we've covered. So if all you want to do is see like jokes and memes about books that we've covered, you can go follow our Twitter. <laughs> she, she's got good taste in memes, so I would check it out. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, back to the tale. Back to the tale. <laughs> I think he really loved and admired kids. I think he definitely loved his own kids. So they had five. Unfortunately, his daughter Olivia died, and he di- he diagnosed. He uh, dedicated the BFG to her. Oh yeah. Um, oh. Another family tragedy occurred when his oh, wife gosh. Patricia, while while pregnant with their fifth child, had multiple cerebral aneurysms. Burst, oh my gosh. And so she did survive, but that damaged her brain. A lot of brain damage, incidentally, yeah. in this family. And mm-hmm. so she had to like relearn to walk and talk. She did go back to acting, so she recovered a good amount, but she never really fully recovered. Fun fact about that, <laughs> her garbled language became the basis for gobblefunk, which is the fictional language the BFG speaks, apparently. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. He had a, a fun penchant for like inventing words and stuff, but his wife's garbled language from her stroke. Life imitates art. Yeah, also helped with that. But, uh-oh, in 1972, he met a friend of his wife's, oh, God. Felicity Debrew Crosland. I hate to hear that. I really hate to hear that from these mid-century guys. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that he met a friend of his wife. Yeah, I already know what's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just mentioning it and everything was fine and they were just friends and nothing happened. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay, the end. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, her name was Felicity. She went by Lissy, and they had an 11-year affair. Yikes. And after that, he finally divorced Patricia and married her in Ugh. 1983. She's not a good friend. I'm pissed. <laughs> Triggered. Yeah, they were married for 19 years before years? he started. An 11-year affair. And you know how they always say, like, girl... He's never going to leave his wife for you. You're always going to be the side piece. Well, if you wait 11 years, maybe. Which, that's even worse. <laughs> Terrible. I know. I can't believe she waited for 11 years. Come on. I'm sure she could have caught another married man. Also, the whole time, her friend, she's doing that? I don't think that she thought they were friends. <laughs> I don't I don't know if Patricia knew about Friendly the means. affair. But she found out at some she point. Must, well, yeah. She, 
she found out. He fucked around and she found out. Mm-hmm. So she called him uh, Rolled the Rotten. Nice. Good job, girl. Patricia <laughs> did, his first wife, because of his a mistreatment of her. I couldn't find anything that said he, like, you know, physically abused her or anything like that. Nice. But obviously he cheated on her for 11 years. Yeah, great job, Rolled. <laughs> Didn't beat your wife, maybe. That's a, just way too long to cheat on someone. I know. Yeah, just leave. You know, yeah, or kill yourself. I don't know. Oh. That's what you want. Okay. If Nikita's husband is listening, that's what she has to tell you. I'm gonna have to beep a little bit of that. <laughs> KYS, Nikita said. You should. You should. So it's like if you feel like cheating on your wife, just jump off a bridge. Those are the options. Yeah, try yeah. that first and yeah. see how you feel afterwards. And then the the note that you leave is like, "Hey, yeah. I had a, I felt like cheating on you, so I had to do this instead. Hope that's cool." I, I mean, I'd I'd respect it. I'd be like, "Thanks for that." Thanks. I will say, not anywhere yeah. close to as bad as Charles Dickens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was worse. Yeah. He had an emotional affair with his wife's sister, who was a teenager. And he did some other stuff. Ooh, no, no, no. And she was way younger, right? She she was quite a bit. She was, I think she was like 17 and he was 30 something. She was like 17 when she died, right? Like, wasn't she? When she died in his arms while he fed her brandy. She like moved in with them when she was 14. Yeah. Yuck. Can we get your dad to record a yuck? So we can yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> no, we don't tell him we're recording him. We just offer him pumpkin spice. And see if he does it again. <laughs> pumpkin. Yeah. And yeah. See if he does it. <laughs> I like imagining that like he's in a room alone and suddenly you just hear from that room, and you know he's encountered pumpkin you're like oh no somebody left a pumpkin in and every time i say it it gets more and more ridiculous <laughs> so uh end of his life uh he died in 1990 from myelodysplastic syndrome which is a blood cancer he was 74 years old he kept writing from the time when he wrote his very first thing which was a couple years after the plane accident um i guess i skipped this part he met the author cs forster who asked him to like write an account of his experiences as a fighter pilot and he did he had actually asked him like hey can you write something about it and then i'll edit it but he ended up just publishing exactly what Dahl wrote just didn't change it at all he was like this is great this guy's got a lot of head trauma he's got to be a great author (laughs) and um so it got published in the saturday evening post anonymously um and then after that so from 1942 until basically all through the 80s he kept writing and i was thinking oh maybe so as we mentioned at the beginning he did write i'm going to talk in detail about this but he wrote not only children's books but also like weird weird smut and oh, i was thinking, i didn't know like, about that some of it's it was smut yeah i'll Ooh. tell you about it is it good smut uh, some of it was really weird wait before you tell about the smut can i just tell you the one i was thinking this guy he's a surgeon and his friend is dying of like a brain tumor and he's like hey let me surgically remove your brain from your head and i'll keep it in like a jar and then you can still be alive Mm -hmm. because like you don't have to die just (laughs) because your body is dying like he's like i don't want to do that because like i'm gonna be so what am i gonna do i'm gonna be so bored (laughs) i'll play you movies like well i think i can remove it all and leave you an eye He's like, I think I can leave your eye attached to your brain so you can have an eye. Just one? Just one eye. God, this guy was so smart. And then he was like, well, 
I kind of want an ear too. Can you make that happen? He's like, no, that's going to be way too complicated. You can't have an ear. You can only have an eye. And eventually he talks his friend into it. So like the guy dies, he has a funeral and everything. And the whole time the surgeon just has this guy's brain in like a jar with an eye. And he like lets him read the paper and stuff. And then his wife. (laughs) And he watches his own funeral. Well, his wife finds out the wife of the dead man. And she's like, you've had my husband this whole time. Eh. Did he? And she's like, well, I'm taking him. And so she like takes the jar and then drops it. And then the guy who's like brain is like there. He's like upset. Like he didn't want to go with his wife. He's like, oh, I did not want to go with my wife. I wanted to hang out with my bro. That's why he's upset. Not that because he's a brain and an eye now. (laughs) Yeah. He wanted to hang out with his bro as a brain, but he now he has to hang out with his wife. And that was the end of it. That was such a wild story. Like he's mad that his wife took him away from his bro, but not that. He is basically incapacitated except for one eye. One eye, yeah. I mean, he agreed to do that. That was like <laughs> autonomy right there. He wanted was it. Was it? Was it? I just here's my thing about straight men: don't ask women to marry you if you don't want to be married to a woman. Like but they're homophobic, Jackie. Well, facts. The point of that story was that simply spending time with his wife was a fate worse than being a brain in a jar with an eye. With his bro. And though. his friend. The wife yeah. that he picked. Yeah, they're crazy. <laughs> Man. Okay, so think like controversy. So number one, I'll just get this one out of the way. Did he hate children? No. Despite the fact that characters in his stories describe children Children. <laughs> children. Children. Said like a child. <laughs> yeah. He described the children. Here, here's some ways that children are described in his stories. Stinkers. Disgusting little blisters. Vipers. Imps. Spoiled brats. Greedy little thieves. Greedy brutes. Robber bandits. Ignorant little twits. Nauseating little warts. Witless weeds. Moth-eaten maggots. Mm-hmm. He didn't hate kids. He loved kids. Um, Sounds like our sister Emily, who's an elementary school teacher. I like witless weeds. It's funny. She's like, oh, uh, uh, these nauseating little warts <laughs> no. I had to teach today. She calls children stuff like that? Sometimes. Oh Usually my gosh. She likes them, but occasionally. She's always happy to get a break from them, though. Yeah, when you teach yeah. kids, I'm sure. I could, I could see that. We need to go back to the ages when you could cane your students <laughs> brutally. Is there an in-between... There's something a little No, less. there's actually no in-between. Mm. There's no discipline or there's brutal caning. You could slap them with a ruler on the hand. Metal oh. ruler or plastic? No, a plastic ruler. Plastic. Just a little whack. I, plastic rulers hurt. They can get, they're a little more aerodynamic. Oh, but I would think a metal would <laughs> hurt Whippy. more. Metal could like cut you. They're all yeah, bad. Hit, like, the Getting it. hit with a ruler is going to be bad no matter okay, what. Okay, let's pick a different instrument. Violin. I have a distinct memory of being in kindergarten or first grade and someone getting whipped like beaten in my classroom by mm. teachers like they by the teacher they like pulled down his pants and like <gasps> bent him over and like public like, school spanked him jackie that is not yeah. that was not allowed at the time yeah i know that's crazy i didn't i know yeah. i have a distinct memory of that did anything happen does anyone else have this memory or is it just you i don't okay. i don't know i don't have that memory we just had a card that we had to turn and miss recess yeah. <laughs> flip a card over no i think i was the only one in the classroom because like i had left i like came back and there was no one else in there except for like they were doing this to this kid and i was Ew. like he had really bad behavioral problems but that's not how you obviously you should never yeah. have done that yeah that's how you make them way worse um yeah public school in north carolina in the 90s okay so but anyway so even though he did describe kids in in these ways like 
the adults are the villains. And usually in the stories, there's like one good adult who helps the children. But it's like the kids are being abused and bad things happen to them, but then they get their comeuppance usually. So the I did note that the only children who do get punished tend to be fat <laughs> like or mm. or bad in some well, way. Well in Willy Wonka they weren't all fat. No, they weren't all fat. Some of them were just like bad or rotten in other ways, but there's a theme of like gluttonous children. He was very fat phobic. Augustus Gloop, Bruce Bogtrotter from uh Matilda, yep. Bruno Jenkins. Oh Bruce no Bruce was a hero. Everyone loved Bruce. Bruce, 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 Bruce. Yeah, but he definitely didn't have a good time. He was triumphant. But you don't have to have a good time to be the hero. Really? You can have yeah. a bad time the whole time. Look at Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce and Frodo. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I guess. That's a good example. <laughs> yeah. There's so there was an article called Abused, Neglected, Abandoned. Did Roll Doll Hate Children as much as the witches did? Because I Googled did Roll Doll hate children because that's, I think, a pretty, you know, pervasive thing that some people think. And there's reasons to think it. But um, the quote, this was written by three professors from University of Southern Queensland. Quote, although the violence present in Doll's work can be easily perceived as morbid, antagonism towards children is a necessary part of Doll's project. The initial disempowerment of the child lays the groundwork for the underdog narrative. It allows downtrodden children to emerge victorious by outwitting their tormentors through their resourcefulness and a little magic. Initially, violence is used to reinforce the initial victimhood of the child, then it is repurposed in the latter stages of each tale to punish and overcome the perpetrator of the mistreatment. Yeah. Agree? Well, also, especially if that was his experience in boarding school, I feel like he was like, that's what childhood is. We get beat. That's the deal. That's where a lot of it came from. Honestly, yeah. And adults are the mean ones. Okay. All of you, what are your favorite, what's your favorite Roll Doll book? I've never read a Roll Doll book. Girl, well, you've seen movies based on them. What's your favorite story? The BFG. I liked the BFG. BFG for Becca. Nikita? I guess Matilda. That's a good one for me. Yeah, Matilda for me. And then maybe BFG number two. What about you, Jackie? I did like Matilda. You must have liked James and the Giant Peach. They're almost puppets. That one is really fun. That one's so fun. (laughs) James and the Giant Peach definitely is the weirdest, and it sticks out in my mind a lot. And it definitely made me the, I don't know. Made you the person you are today? Made you the woman you are today? (laughs) I I mean, I think it definitely made me the person I am today. (laughs) No, I just. You're a peach. It was the most emotionally uh, impactful, I think. Because, like, remember that that rhinoceros in the sky that came out of the storm? That was scary. Yeah, why was that a thing? Drugs, probably. That was just, like, one of the villains? Because his evil aunts told him that's the rhino that killed your parents and it's gonna come kill you too and then the peach uh, destroys his aunts it was just a scary scary thing it is kind of a traumatizing movie for someone who might be like six years old Mm -hmm. but i wasn't traumatized maybe i was we'll come back to that later (laughs) (laughs) i think a lot of times kids are not traumatized by the things adults think they are like if you think about like Mm -hmm. a lot of kind of classic children's material that people still love a lot like watership down or the last unicorn or whatever there's a lot of traumatizing stuff but oh no i was traumatized by watership down you didn't even watch it as a little kid becca you were like in middle school yeah i was traumatized Well, maybe if you had watched it as a as a true little child, maybe you wouldn't have been. Yeah, I agree. I think or like scary stories to tell in the dark. Kids like dark, scary stuff that Mm -hmm. adults think they're going to be afraid of. There was a quote I had at the end. This was by um, Maurice Sendak, who wrote Where the Wild Things Are. Mm -hmm. And Little Bear, I think. And Little Bear. 
Yeah, he said, in plain terms, a child is a complicated creature who can drive you crazy. There's a cruelty to childhood. There's an anger. Someone else said, a child's world can never be all sweetness and light. It contains shadows, too. And I think that's why he was very popular with children. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but things were scary. Okay. So, was he a victim of cancel culture? Um, <laughs> in the 2023 editions Ugh, of his I'm books. rolling my eyes. <laughs> Puffin, the publisher, changed I just thought this was funny. They changed hundreds of potentially offensive words relating to race, mental health, and physical appearance. The originally, quote, enormously fat Augustus Gloop from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory became simply enormous. (laughs) That's so much nicer than enormously fat. Simply enormous. He was huge, but he was buff. (laughs) He he was like eight feet tall. He was built. Uh, Ugly and beastly Mrs. Twit is now merely beastly. Again, don't know how much better that is. Would you rather be ugly or beastly? I guess I'd rather be beastly. I think I'd be beastly. Same. Wasn't there a teen rom-com called Beastly that was based on... It had Vanessa Hudgens in it. <gasps> oh my god, I I forgot that existed. Based on Beauty and the Beast. I think it's called Beastly. I don't remember that. <laughs> yes, you're right. It was... Vanessa Hudgens was in it. And Mary-Kate, like one of them, one of the Olsen twins, I don't Just remember one. which one. <laughs> yeah, played like the Wicked Witch Yeah, she was the Wicked Witch. Who cursed him to be beast enchantress i want to watch this okay we'll watch it together neil patrick harris was in it (laughs) oh yeah he was blind lumiere he was a blind tutor (laughs) cogsworth or whatever hidden gem it'd be weird if he was a blind candle the candle that provides (laughs) he's just a guy who's blind they didn't actually say he was lumiere but only while he's sleeping or all the time (laughs) unfortunately Uh, only while he's awake yeah only while he's awake he's blind He can see while he's sleeping, but he never gets to use his sense. Right. (laughs) So she just became beastly. Um, The crazy glowworm from James and the Giant Peach becomes silly. What? They can't. Apparently you can't say crazy. The BFG no longer has, quote, flashing black eyes. Now they're just flashing. I'm like, what's wrong with saying his eyes were the color black? Okay. And he's the hero. Are they saying heroes can't have black eyes anymore? I don't know. And then in the witches, the, I guess the witches, which I've never read, they can see, they wear wigs because they're bald and they don't want people to know they're bald. It's because the baldness proves that they're a witch. They weren't just like, oh, no, I'm bald. (laughs) Yeah. So they added a whole sentence, which is very clunky, and it says, there are plenty of other reasons why women might wear wigs, and there is certainly nothing wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, like badly photoshopped in. These kids are going to get the idea that every bald woman is a witch unless we set the record straight. (laughs) Maybe. Who was in charge of this? His publisher's penguin the intern this was from 20 this was from last year so it's recent i remember people freaked out about it and i was like rolling my eyes because i'm thinking like i get why they're trying to do it because there are problems with teaching kids that like ugliness is hand in hand with evil and that beauty equals virtue and all this other stuff like obviously there are problems with that but like these are books written a long time ago it's it just makes a lot more sense to me that if you're a parent you like read the books with your kids and you talk about things in the books. And you can have black eyes. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that. There's nothing that, wrong with that. Yeah. No, he should have been canceled for that. Wear colored contacts. <laughs> yeah. It's also funny that they that they take out the word fat again as though like, oh, being fat is bad. We can't say that someone's fat. Yeah. Like, yes, it's implied mm-hmm. that that's why the kid is bad, but whatever. Um, was he anti-Semitic? Yep. Uh, pretty much explicitly. But he but, was actually whoa. 
not as anti-Semitic as people think. He was extremely anti-Zionist. Anti-Zionist. Yes, he was anti-Israel. And he was also kind of anti-Semitic. That's exactly, yeah. Yeah. Is there a scale to be measured on? Yeah. Yeah, he said, I am extremely anti-Israel. I'm anti-Semitic in that, and I read this quote over and over because it didn't really make sense. I, I don't have it in front of me, but it said it was something like, I'm anti-Zionist. I'm anti-Semitic in that anybody from some other country might agree. And I was like, what? That sentence totally petered out. It didn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm anti-Semitic in that blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, like what? in that what? Can you finish that? Um, he had Jewish friends. His agent, his publicist were also Jewish. And they spoke about it. And they were like, he was... You know, we had no problems with him. He had no problems with us. This is where it gets anti-Semitic. He disliked the ideas of Jews as a group. And he was like, they control the media. They control the banks. Oh, and no. This and that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he wasn't mean to individual Jews. He's like, I like one Jewish person by themselves. <laughs> I just don't like yeah. that they hang out. <laughs> <laughs> but as a group, not for me. But uh, we don't need a bunch of them to get together. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Wait, I... I'm so sorry. On a tangent, I do have some Jewish news. <laughs> Jewish news. <laughs> Breaking Jewish news. Did you hear about the guy who had like, he like lived on the ground floor and he's like, there. I hear people speaking Yiddish under my apartment. And everyone's like, you're crazy. And there were, oh, yeah, the they were digging a tunnel under his apartment. <laughs> he probably sounded so crazy. I'm sorry. I need way more context. Where was this? When is this? Uh, okay. What wait, are you talking wait, about? Wait, 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 wait. Wait, I need to give a little bit more context. The okay. guy who said no, that please. so first of all it was revealed recently that some hasidic guys in new york did build a tunnel like a lot a, a network of tunnels underground in new york to get out of jail why do they have no tunnels? just to like connect stuff just to live just they let men love to dig tunnels that's one thing that's gonna make it seem like there's mole people uh, well there that's are, already another right? conspiracy but, theory. okay Here's the problem. The guy who said, like, I've been telling people that I was hearing Yiddish in my basement, blah, blah, blah. He actually is anti-Semitic. Darn it. <laughs> because why else would you be complaining about hearing Yiddish? Well, yeah, I, you should love I to would, hear Yiddish. <laughs> I just Otherwise, you're fine with like some mysterious noises. If I hear a guy speaking Yiddish under my house, I think, let him live. I would just be like, where are you? Like, I'm on the ground floor. It's not that it's Yiddish. It's like, no one should be saying anything under my house <laughs> yeah. in any yeah. language. You know? Yeah. No one should be down there. Yeah. He's like, look, if they were speaking German, Norwegian, I'd have no problem with it. No problem. I don't know. I would think, hey, maybe they need help. Jackie, you hadn't seen th this happen or the news no. about this? It became such a big the meme. Tunneling. It's 2024 is the year I, of the tunnel. I don't understand why the tunneling. Like they're in their tunnel era. Why do men dig tunnels at all? I understand why people are tunneling. I would dig a tunnel. If, was it clarified? I think so. For fun. The thing, I heard For a couple fun. things. One thing I heard was that it might have been to kind of, it might have started to maybe get around COVID restrictions. Oh, Okay. Oh. I could see that. <laughs> Most other people just kind of like walked it was out. Like, at one point, it was like connected to a Hasidic yeshiva. And then something else, I saw something else. There's a video that has like made the rounds a few times of this marathon in New York City and all these Hasidic guys trying to cross the street to get to their like yeshiva yeah. or synagogue or yeah. whatever. And they can't get across or like it's hard for them because of the marathon. So I saw so someone else who was like, I mean, if this oh, is what they deal with all the time, maybe that's It's why. like deer crossing a highway. Like you yeah. kind of just got to jump in there and consequences be damned. I mean, it, but oh, yeah. No. And apparently it was like younger guys who were rebelling against the synagogue leadership that told them like, stop tunneling and they refused stop tunneling please here's my thing 
I get it. It's annoying when there's marathons and you can't get across the street, but I don't know that I would build a whole tunnel. I feel like it would take way longer to build the tunnel. Than I think like they wait. also wanted to build the tunnel like that. They didn't. It was fun they just them. needed an yeah. excuse. They were already wanting to build They just it. needed an outlet for their tunneling energies. Yeah, I think tunnel, <laughs> having a tunnel is probably really fun. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's like a good project to work on with the boys. Yeah, I mean, I get it 100%. Mm. I don't see it. It keeps the youth off the streets. It puts them under the streets, but it yeah, keeps them off under the streets the yeah. and under yeah. that one under. guy's apartment. But yeah. I just, I didn't know he was anti-Semitic, so that's too bad. But I just was thinking it's, it'd be so funny if he's just like, there's, there's these Jewish people under my apartment. They're digging a tunnel under the city. It's like, that sounds like such a conspiracy theory that everyone else has. Yeah. And it's okay, like, okay, grandpa, let's get you back to bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess the other thing is, like, maybe people should have suspected he was anti-Semitic because if you're not Jewish and you're able to hear, like, muffled sounds and be like, that's Yiddish, then maybe (laughs) unless you were, like, a scholar of, like, American Judaism, then. Like, if, yeah, I think if most people heard Yiddish being spoken even, like, clearly and didn't know it was Yiddish, they think it was German. Yeah, they wouldn't know. Oh, yeah, okay. So (laughs) here's, I have a story about people. (laughs) So the house that Rachel and I lived in um, our junior year, Mm. Rachel moved out and lived somewhere else senior year, but I kept living there for senior year. And uh, this happened that year. But we lived on the edge of some woods where it was known that a lot of as we say now, unhoused people lived. Which I think the tide might turn on that term soon. Like it might flip back to homeless people, but we'll yeah. see. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying homeless, but whatever. I don't think there's anything wrong with either um, one. Clearly I'm, yeah, turning into a boomer or something, so. <laughs> you ja- Actually, you know what? Jackie's pro-homeless people and nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I don't have a problem with homeless people. Yeah. In my backyard, please. I'm an imbi. Imbi. <laughs> so they were basically literally in our backyard. So we knew they lived there. They had like their tents and they just like kind of lived there permanently. But um, we also had a crawl space under the house oh, no, with gosh. a door that couldn't be locked. And we had like this kind of... Sounds like maybe kind of a shitty joke, but we had this kind of joke like, oh, no, like, what if someone comes and, like, tries to live under our house or something? Ha ha, wouldn't that be crazy? Y'all are wild. You manifested whatever So this there is. was one day <laughs> I, I, I was home with my roommate, Michelle, and it was daytime, and we clearly heard voices of men underneath the house, ah! and we were like what the fuck it's happening and we got so scared because they also were like banging around and stuff and i was like what is going on so i ran outside called the 911 and (gasps) i ran outside why did you run outside in the house house. (laughs) yeah i was like i gotta get out of the house i don't know it's just okay like you know when you watch a horror movie and you're like don't do that you're making a dumb decision that's exactly how i reacted i was like outside so i ran outside got on the phone with the police and then um realized that the people People under the house were actually like maintenance workers and our landlord who was stupid had just like not told us that anybody (laughs) was going to be coming and we like had crept around there and we were like who is it who's under there speak up right now and they were like we're here to like fix the pipes and I was like I'm so sorry but the funny part of all this was I was eating pizza the whole time And a piece of pizza. Who in is my it? Hand. Who goes there? <laughs> it's like the true Italian in me. I come out and oh my god, my house. And I had to tell nine one one. Sorry, cancel that. Oh my gosh, that's a little bit embarrassing for you. I'm sorry. The landlord should tell people 
That's the most annoying thing about yeah. renting is like random people be like, I'm changing the air filters. And I'm like, I didn't know you were coming. Like, who are you? I didn't even know I had one. They also would show the house. Like one time I walked out of the bedroom or out of the bathroom and I was just wearing a towel because I came out of the shower and there <gasps> were strange men standing in the hallway and they were like, oh, we're looking at the house. And I was yeah, like, they weren't. They're not actually cool. landlords are not allowed to do that. <laughs> even I know in they're Carolina. not. Yeah. <laughs> well, we also weren't allowed to have five people living there because there was a law at the time that said five unrelated people can't live in a house so it could be more than four but you had to be some of you had to be related so I think we lied and said that Sean and Rachel were related because they're both Filipino yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah they won't know impossible to tell Yeah, they can't tell here's the worst part so other anti-semitic things um so he's his stories he had really gross like stereotypes of of Jewish sounding characters but the worst thing is like despite the fact that he fought the Nazis in World War II he said there's a trait in the Jewish character that does provoke animosity. Maybe it's a lack of generosity toward non-Jews. I mean, there's always a reason why anti-anything crops up anywhere. Oh, no. Even a stinker like Hitler didn't just pick on them for no reason. Oh, no. Uh, That's a really bad yes, thing Yes, he was like, say. wow, he said this out loud and yeah. someone wrote it down? Yeah, he said it in an wow. interview. He's oh, crazy. Yikes. But the thing is, like, he actually, separate from his anti-Semitism, he actually was anti-Zionist and, like, articulated good reasons for it. And he said, like... Maybe we should explain the difference. I don't know that everybody knows the difference. So, basically, especially in America, it's very important to separate Jewish people from the nation of Israel. Because Zionists are those who believe that they need Israel as, like a political entity and a like the and holy land for Jews. And there's there are different degrees to Zionism. There are people who think that there needs to be a Jewish state somewhere but it doesn't need to be where Israel is now. Some who say like I think Israel should exist but like Palestinians should have civil rights or people who think like I think Israel's fine as it is but there should be two like there are a lot of different flavors to Zionism. But basically saying And then there's plenty of Jews that also just think we shouldn't have Israel. Yeah. So again, being Jewish Mm -hmm. is not the same thing as... Being Zionist. Being a Zionist. Yeah. Being a Zionist. And especially it's not the same thing as being Israeli, like obviously, because there are, you know, tons and tons of Jewish people who are not Israeli and don't want to be. And like like Jackie said, are (laughs) anti-Zionists. And also... The word Semite refers to Semitic people, which could be Jews or Arabs. It, right. it doesn't refer to only Although Jews. Although the way yeah. that it's used today, it specifically is talking to Jews. Jewish people. So it's like quite pedantic to be like, ooh, why are you saying anti-Semitic? Because Palestinians are Semites as well. So like that's kind of like, oh, Well, that's not on. how I was saying it. I'm no, just no, no. saying. I'm not saying you're doing yeah. it, but I'm saying I like Royal technically you. Semitic peoples are like the people in that region of the Middle East. And like a lot of Jewish people, if you check their DNA or whatever, they're primarily like white European. But it doesn't really matter. Like it's it's a religion and it's an ethnicity and it's it's complicated. You're saying some people who dislike Jews are like, oh, I'm not anti-Semitic. Yeah, right. Like they try to get all. Or yeah, yeah. anyway, it's it's complicated. But basically he. He what he was a hundred percent anti-Zionist, and he articulated very good reasons for being against Israel as it yeah. you know existed as a nation <laughs> the, at the time. The problem but... was also that he kind of think Hitler had a point. Yeah, that ruined <laughs> Which is it. Very bad. That that kind of ruined it. Yeah. Um. He also yeah. was unfortunately pretty racist. Again, mostly. I don't. I don't want to say. Africans. I don't want to say there's. Yeah, I don't want to say there's like any like better or worse type of racism, but I think for him a lot of it was pretty thoughtless and like just. 
this was the shit that people were doing back in that time. Like you think about like Song of the South and like those kind of early Disney movies, Just like stereotypes, gross about black caricatures yeah. of black people. Yeah. So the BFG was originally supposed to be a like a huge stereotype of exactly that type. But he was awesome. He was, gonna, he was the hero. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean the. His 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 image was going to be kind of offensive no. the way it was originally. He was going to be. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna say it. Uh, I was gonna say spoiler alert. Maybe what's it? What's it called? Uh, trigger warning. Trigger trigger warning. Something like that. Content warning. I don't know for kind of gross descriptions of caricatures of black people, but black flat nosed giant with thick rubbery lips like two oh, gigantic yeah. purple frankfurters lying on top of each uh, other. And his even his even his editor in like whatever year this was was like, hey, you got to make this guy white. Let's not do that. He could have been black and not describe him like that though. Right. You know exactly. Doll responded in a letter. Oh gosh. Oh, I I took care of that thing. I took care of it. Yeah, because he could be a black protagonist he just didn't need to be like you know you said that like you were from minnesota girl protagonist protagonist (laughs) i quite liked it (laughs) another kind of funny thing along those lines is that according to doll's widow felicity charlie bucket was supposed to be black but not in an offensive way but his doll his agent said having a black hero won't work and he had to be white so charlie bucket i think was originally going to be black if that's true Okay. And like, what would be wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. It would be awesome. Nothing, because we love Charlie. Well, in Bucket. their minds, a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think so. I mean, to me, just based on what I know about him and what Jackie said in this episode, it sounds like he was like he like thought about it and was anti-Semitic, but like he was reflexively yeah. anti-black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just unfortunately, a lot of people like just thoughtless were. stereotypes yeah. that he absorbed, where he, he was actually like. Ooh, the Jews are cunning, and maybe Hitler was right about a couple things, even though he was wrong overall. Like whatever, yeah. like which is much more. There, I mean, obviously, all racism is bad, right? Obviously, but like, don't be saying Hitler was right about anything. That's so bad. Don't. This is the most don't. spicy episode. I mean, no, we ever. Yeah, really. I mean, that's <laughs> this is not a spicy opinion. Don't say Hitler it's was not right. Spicy to say all <laughs> racism is bad. <laughs> It's like a good thing to say. I think just the topic's covered. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I mean, again, not great that he did it in the first place, but on multiple occasions when his editors were like, hey, that's racist, he was like, okay, take it out. Yeah, oh, I guess Um, you're right. I think Rachel alluded earlier to the fact that the Oompa Loompas originally were going to be No, they were. They were. In the book, they they were a tribe of Africans that Willy Wonka Oh, right. They only changed it in the movie. And he was like, hey, guys, you like chocolate? Let me ship you to England and I'll pay you in chocolate. So they were like- they wow. were paid in chocolate. And shipped them in boxes, like actually in boxes. Yeah, like not he humans. smuggled tiny little black people into England oh, and didn't give them yeah. money for their work. He found them. This is a quote from the book: "In the very deepest and darkest part of the African jungle, where no white man had ever been before." The fuck is Wonka doing walking around in there? Then <laughs> that's what I said. Like, Every why does European he think... in Africa at that time was up to no good Looking for workers? Yeah, mm-hmm. like what does he think he's doing? Just. Oh, I bet I'm going to find some little guys here. I wonder if they showed Timothy Chalamet doing that in the new Wonka movie. <laughs> Shipping little black people in boxes? Yeah. I don't think he they did. He would have been murdered immediately. Hard to make that a musical number. <laughs> I think you I think you could make it a musical number. They could all be in separate boxes with Whoa. separate harmonizing. Song? Yeah. Oh my god. You came up with that creative direction very quickly. Oh, wait, wait, wait. 
It would be like in the Brady Bunch, you know, on the screen where they have all the different boxes with the people. Oh, we're in yeah. Madagascar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Madagascar. Terrible. That was such a good movie. It never occurred to me that the Brady Bunch, they were all trapped in, <laughs> they were all trapped in their screens. Yeah. It looks like a Zoom call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It did, it did look Ahead like a Zoom call. <laughs> Ahead of its time. We could yeah. do that. Here's my favorite. This is the final thing that I had. My, my favorite thing, which I saved to the end, is just the crazy, crazy, crazy smut that he wrote and <laughs> of course that's your favorite it's my favorite <sighs> weird fact because like mm-hmm. I kind of thought oh maybe he wrote children's stuff first and it became established and then he was like oh I'm gonna write for adults now but no he was like writing this crazy smut let my peen do the writing from now on well he would write this crazy smut and then turn around and be like and now I'm gonna write the BFG or something <laughs> like it was just all over the place was a smut for men or women or both or I think it's Definitely got more of a male gaze type thing to it. I don't think he could write good women's smut. I don't think. I mean, there might be some women who's who are into the stuff. Also, but. he was famously as a spy. He was extremely like horny and seductive. So he obviously did know what women liked because he was constantly like getting with them sexually. Yeah. He had to seduce women as part of his job. I mean, undercover. He at least said it was. Like, he was doing it as part of his job. I don't know if he wow. had to. I could say that, too, I guess, and, like, get away with it. He probably could have said a lot less about being a spy. I think they shipped him back because he couldn't shut up. Like, stop talking no, about all your espionage. bragging about it. Yeah, but, yeah. like, he was a famously sexual spy. So he did know what women liked, is Famous what I'm saying. sexual. I, and I have to say, like, we love a short king, but... When you're six six, you kind of don't have to look that good in the face. Because you can't tell what their face looks like. It's too high up. It's far enough away. You can imagine (laughs) a face that's way up there. It's too high. (laughs) It's too high up there. You just see up their nose. It's just like, I'm going to pretend your face is nice. I'll never see it. I don't think he had a bad looking face even after he got his nose smashed in or whatever. But I mean, like uh, a neutral face on a tall man, he can do whatever he wants. He had this look to him that I feel like I'd kind of describe as like, I don't know, wry and kind of like condescending, which I think some women might be into <laughs> me. Uh, um, wait, Becca, do you think Jacob Elordi is hot or just tall? Who's that? He played Elvis in the Priscilla movie. He's I definitely think. tall. He's yeah, tall. I think <laughs> you can't debate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know who he is. He's the guy who couldn't stop talking like Elvis afterwards. No, no, no. no that's, that the, that's Austin that's Butler. Austin Butler. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, I feel like for me at least, and I think I don't, everyone has different taste. I think he's just tall. I don't usually like like a white man. Yeah, me too. Like you have to be like a really attractive white man for me to be like, hmm. Otherwise, I you know. You're not the right audience to ask. Yeah, like he's just not my flavor, yeah. It's just like the pale. I've also had friends who have been like, I can't decide if he's hot or if he's just funny. Like sometimes either you're tall or you're funny and you trick people into thinking you're hot. I don't think he's bad looking. I think if you're like, it's not that he's bad looking, but I think if you have like, if you're neutral and then you have something else like your neutral face, but you're like tall or you're funny or you And then you have the Aragorn haircut? Yeah, there you yeah. go. That's all you need. Yeah. Neutral face. Call back from our last Aragorn episode. Haircut. Okay, do you think Pete Davidson is attractive? No. Neutral I, face. I think no. he's really ugly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why are you apologizing to me? I don't I know. I think he would take it. I feel bad <laughs> calling someone ugly, I guess. He's unattractive. 
That's different. Okay, there we go. You just said you're not attracted to him. Yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah she finds it. him the opposite of attractive. Well, you also just definitely <laughs> yeah. said he was ugly, but, but I'll ignore I, that. I find, I find him maybe similar to how my dad feels about a pumpkin spice frosty. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. Yuck! <laughs> if Becca heard that Pete Davidson was at Wendy's, she would say, yuck! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, He's. I. I wouldn't like. If your friend was dating him, though, would you be like, "Come on, girl. yeah, I'd make a face probably <laughs> when she you showed me her really? picture." If your friend was dating Pete Davidson, a guy that looked like Pete Davidson, and she was like, "Oh, this is the guy," and she shows me, I'd be like, "Oh, really?" Not in front of him. <laughs> Sometimes you know, you're so funny for that. <laughs> no, if my friends are dating, you someone need a better ugly, poker I'll, face. I'll, no, I mean, I'll just be like, "Oh, okay." Oh, oh, wow. She made quite the face. Nikita, text her a picture of your husband after this. (laughs) Oh, my God. See what she says. Well, it's different when it's like an established relationship versus like, oh, I just met this guy on Tinder. We've been on one date. And then you'll say, oh. I'm sorry, but I would rather my friend say, oh, he doesn't look too good rather than just say, Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> really? <that's Okay>. so <laughs> rude. <laughs> interesting um, choice. <laughs> interesting. I will never tell my friends that I have my poker face. I think I obviously, as as Rachel and probably everybody knows by now, uh, I feel like I have a different standard of attractiveness than mm-hmm. most people. It's all about where the pants meet the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's that. It's a whole thing. I Look, I think it's very important that a person's pants meet their shoes at their ankle in a good way if it's crumpled or it's too short it's it ruins the whole it. you like a good hem are you serious it's a good strong hem she Throw is the serious. whole person out becca she's been talking about this for over a decade okay but only because it's like a joke between us now but they, don't they wear all different like they don't wear the same pants and shoes every day what if it changes from joshua day to day? does her boyfriend does uh <laughs> impeccable I mean, tailoring you have, to, you have to have well-fitting clothes even when you change your clothes anyway I think it's because I have such short little calves, so no pants fit me correctly, and I always have a crumpled up hem at the bottom, and I'm just like, damn, I want what I can't have, you know? You can get them tailored. I get them tailored. I'm too lazy. I do feel like my, yes, I'm attracted to people differently. They're pants. Yeah, I'm only attracted to pants. Uh, I'm pantsexual. <laughs> Wait, but why was I talking about this? Okay, yes. Yeah, we were talking about like if your friend was dating someone you thought was ugly and you would be like, oh, interesting choice. Well, it would. I Usually they show me before it's official. Then I w- I'm okay. It's like if someone's sure. like, do you like this outfit before they've decided on that outfit? So I'll tell them it looks bad if they have time to change it. You're a real friend. That's really nice. That's really nice. I could never oh. do that. If someone gets a haircut and then asks you if you like the then haircut. Then you have to say you like it. The rule is yeah. you always lie yeah because they've already gotten it they can't because it. it's already it's a done deal so if you're <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a done deal but when it's not a done deal you can be honest but I what I was gonna say is even though I feel like I'm not the typical like attracted to normal things that most people are <laughs> I very often have friends who will be like like very sexual friends who will be like oh my god I hooked up with the hottest guy I'd ever seen do you want to see a picture of him and I'm like yeah I want to see the hottest guy you'd ever yeah, seen and like, I'm expecting something great and then they show me just like a random Joe Schmo and I'm like oh he oh. looks like a thumb looks like a thumb <laughs> maybe he looks like a thumb or maybe he, he just me, looks kind of random pants. and I'm like show me a pic of his ankles we'll I just I ankles. he's like a Victorian man well that's what makes me wonder like <laughs> yeah. do people just go super crazy for these random average looking 
dudes like i think they do like a whole trope on the internet how like really i don't know i i definitely feel like some guys will be like really popular with the ladies and i'll be like that looks like 80 percent of every man i've ever seen that's what i said about moby 80 (laughs) percent of every man so let me tell you about the crazy smut that this guy wrote oh yeah oh yeah finally i may i may cut some of this out (laughs) but all right because it gets smutty so if there are children listening let's just have them not listen smutty Let's get mm. some money. I'm um, my uncle Oswald, the, there's a recurring character named Oswald where the narrator claims he has an uncle Oswald who is, quote, the greatest fornicator of all time. <laughs> How would he know? <laughs> Self-reported. <laughs> have you have you tried it, sir? I hope mm-hmm. not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he discovers an aphrodisiac that he uses to have his assistant, who's a, a woman, seduce every powerful man she can find everyone from freud to sir arthur conan doyle and harvest their sperm and that was the end of the synopsis that i could find i don't know what he's using this oh i think he's like selling it to women so they can have the children of these like powerful men Hmm, okay kind of like a fan fiction too he's using kind of characters so that That might honestly be one of the least smutty, but still kind of weird. In a story called The Visitor, a dude visits with some other man and notices that the man's wife and his daughter are both really hot. And he resolves, I'm going to either have sex with that guy's wife or his daughter. Don't really care which. Disgusting. And he goes into someone's bedroom at night in total darkness and has sex with whoever is in the bed. And And he wakes up. He, he wakes up to find he slept with another daughter who was not uh, shown to him, and she's a leper, an incurable <gasps> leper. Oh, my God. Wow. No. So now he has leprosy? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy that it's like smut, but it's like a terrible ending, you know? <laughs> and he's a rapist. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, that's the thing. Rape by deception is a very common theme in his in these stories. <gasps> like, you can tell that he had a kink. He's got a fetish. Yeah. Well, but who did the leper daughter think he was, though? Like, who did she? I have, maybe she was into it. I don't know if he deceived her. Yeah, I mean, maybe she was like, I don't care who's here. I don't care who you this know? person you, is I've never met. Yeah. Who who could she think it? Wow. I mean, who did she think it was? It's not like it could have been someone maybe else. she didn't have a frame of reference for what's happening, so she's like, Catatonic. Yeah, maybe she's not even healthy enough. Is she catatonic? Oh god, I don't know. I I don't. He didn't know. explain Either way, that part. I I think. <laughs> well, but the okay. Here's the other thing: is these stories are intended to be funny, and I don't think that's super funny. <laughs> um, there's one called the Great Switcheroo, in which mm. two men agree that they want to sleep with each other's wives, oh, but god. not tell them. So, uh, I'm pissed. Otherwise, I'm rape pissed. them. So under cover of darkness, they go into each other's houses and sleep with each other's wives. And they, like, tell each other ahead of time, like, oh, this is what I do in bed. So make sure you do that so she thinks it's you. But each man secretly is like, that doesn't sound very good. I'm better than that. So they do their own thing with the wives. And then the next day, each woman tells her husband that, you know, I never really enjoyed sex with you until last night. <gasps> okay, that one's kind of funny. right. It's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> but they both but they both got raped. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. Well, at least the man learned a lesson. <laughs> yeah, maybe he could have framed that as more about like women's pleasure and it'd be less freaky. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think so, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, they're not good stories, obviously. It's not like they're good. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> There's one called The Last Act, which I thought was really disturbing sounding. So 
a predatory gynecologist assaulting no. an ex-lover of his. No. He lures her to his room before, quote, diagnosing her with menopausal symptoms and then, like, humiliates her and then she kills herself. What? Um, this is too detailed of a whatever was going on in his head. That's scary. That's scary. again, this is smut. Like, this is, yeah, like, that's not just like a scary story. I think this was supposed to be a lustful story. Yeah, the final one is uh, called Bitch. Ooh. A, a man invents an olfactory aphrodisiac, again, another aphrodisiac, so powerful it makes any man who smells it instantly have sex with everyone he sees with no control. Even Whoa. the men. <laughs> That's very problematic. I hope it's also uh, the men. Well, <laughs> at least. It has no effect on women. So nice. I suppose if all the men in the room smelled it, then maybe. Although he doesn't say that. But the, uh, the aphrodisiac that he invents is called bitch. And... <laughs> Um, at one point, someone, a woman sprays it on herself and the inventor accidentally smells it and he dies of a heart attack due to its effects. <laughs> he just like goes so crazy, he just dies. Wow. So then there's only a little tiny bit left of it. And the narrator, I don't know why, plans to use the remaining supply of it to humiliate the president of the United States. So he plans to <laughs> Typical like... Typical British guy. <laughs> smell this. I guess these are like his spy fantasies or something. He plans to have the, the president smell it during like a press conference and then he'll like go crazy and start having sex with everybody but instead he accidentally uses it on himself and he sleeps with a fat woman no done <laughs> no roll credits yeah yeah so anyway that's like some weird stuff that he seemed to really like the idea of like people having sex uncontrollably um, Were these popular? Did these sell well? No. <laughs> well, these are not popular. <laughs> Those oh, stories are, are, they're compended in a book called Switch Bitch, which I think is just a crazy, stupid title. Should we just throw those out? <laughs> Let's throw those away. <laughs> yeah. If we just want to throw away all the copies of Switch Bitch by Roald Dahl. Yeah, and just he got canceled for the wrong stuff. James and the yeah, Giant Peach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really did. Weird. But anyway... I think this is a story about complexity, light and dark, good and bad, sweetness and light and shadows, as we said. Everybody uh, contains multitudes. Hepzibah Anderson wrote an article called The Dark Side of Roald Dahl. I, I highly recommend reading that. I think that uh, he's a complex dude. He did some good things and he did some bad things, but... Uh, Overall, he's a beloved children's author, and <laughs> everyone's pretty into his stuff. So he did some we're going to be reading he did some bad, but he's beloved. <laughs> we're going to be reading Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and uh, I guess you know now that there's going to be some racist Oompa Loompa shit in there. So look mm -hmm. forward to that. Mm, look forward. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I wonder if you guys can call out the parts where they changed words. Like if you notice that they added or changed the text a little. We're going to read the original. I might have to get two copies of it. Oh, I think the original. Yeah, they okay. might have their old copies. Oh, yeah. I don't know that we want to go through the canceled mm -hmm. version. We but might. Maybe I will. That might maybe, be a fun idea. You know what? Instead of buying the edited one, let's just, I'm sure some freak online has like written on Reddit, all probably. the changes. Yeah. yeah. Some freak yeah. online. <laughs> or, yeah. That's honestly, honestly we could probably online. get Jacob to do it because yeah. Jacob loves doing <laughs> deep dives into things like that. All righty. Well, does anybody have any final thoughts before we sign off on all rotten rolled? Are you guys going to watch the movie too? We should watch all, all of them. There's I so would prefer not. No, I'm good. <laughs> no, I hate the Johnny Depp one. He freaks me out. Is it the teeth? Just his whole thing I hate. I've never seen it. I love Gene Wilder and that's all I want to see. 
Yeah, I like that one fine. I like the original one <laughs> fine. I hate the one with Johnny Depp. Well, I will watch the one with Timothy Chalamet. Someone was saying they were like the reason that Timothy Chalamet might might not work is that like those other guys, like Gene Wilder especially, like you look him in the eyes and you're like, yeah, he would totally drown a kid in a chocolate river. Like Timothy yeah. doesn't give that vibe. He, like he wouldn't let a kid drown in a river. Like Gene Wilder in real life was a really nice guy. He was a good guy, but he totally nailed the crazy eye look. Yeah. Like Timothy doesn't, yeah. you're not going to kill a child, you know? <laughs> well, Timothy is playing the teenage version of, or the young yeah. version of him, right? He's playing so maybe the, it'll show. the young man of Won- Willy Wonka. But here's the thing. Okay. I have a couple things. One was, I read that someone was like, the crazy thing about the Wonka movie is that Timothy Chalamet is playing a Willy Wonka where he's like a nice, normal guy with a lot of friends who likes chocolate. Well, that doesn't sound interesting at all. But (laughs) the other thing is, I think that the reason they changed, because originally it was called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The book is called that. And they changed the movie name to that. And I thought that was for a racial reason. Is that correct or not? They changed the movie name to what? They changed it from Charlie to Willy Wonka. Oh, Willy Wonka? I thought Charlie was like some kind of like anti-black something at the time. That's what I heard oh, anyway. I mm-hmm. Oh, well, then that makes it weird if he wanted to make Charlie Bucket black and he knew that. I mean, yeah, let me ha- see why they did, changed did it. Did they make the movie like right after he wrote the book? No, a while no, after. It was oh, so maybe later. maybe it was like a new thing when they were making the movie and it wasn't. Um, I looked up the I looked up Charlie Slur and I don't see anything. OK, so I think that was a rumor. It seems like that was just a rumor probably came about because he was racist in the book. <laughs> What a pervasive rumor. I I think, if anything, it might be a derogatory term for a person from China. Okay. Oh, yeah, it definitely was. But so I think maybe that was just a rumor because he was anti-black in the book. But it looks like they changed the name to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory because they were trying to start a line of candy that was like Willy Wonka candy. So they were like, this would be good for branding. Oh, you know, the other terrible thing is that um, so I think it was in 2020. uh, (laughs) I took a screenshot of it. The family of Roald Dahl posted um, an apology on his on the website. Like, I think it's RoaldDahl.com or something. Mm -hmm. And it says like, here's all these wonderful things. Like, here's how you navigate the site. Here's some pictures of fun things. And then it has a link that just says, apology for anti-Semitic comments. <laughs> and you click that. <laughs> and, uh, like, so many Jewish organizations, like, panned them for that. They were like, I can't Why believe you, they waited yeah. decades to apologize. And it was probably because you were in talks to make a deal for this movie. And, like, now it's lucrative, oh. so now you're apologizing. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, I guess it's good that they did, but I also don't feel like I need to apologize I for feel my like family. F- I don't know why the family. Yeah, can they yeah. apologize on behalf of their dead father? Like, I don't the know thing if they is, like, they—they're like, we're so sorry. They were and I'm making like, money from him, though, you know. But I feel like instead of doing an apology, they should have had a link where it's like, we're gonna talk about the racist stuff. <laughs> you know. Yeah, or like, like we made a donation it. or something. Yeah. Even like, was yeah. the apology good? Did, was it a letter? Let's do that on a bonus episode. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was pretty good. It was like, hey, we loved him. He was our grandfather, but like, we don't condone this, and we will never agree with him on this. And it was a horrible thing that he said. And he, and I was like, yeah, that's great. I mean, I I would never feel pressured to say like I'm so sorry for something my 
grandpa like said. Yeah, yeah, said I wouldn't feel like that was like my if he said it to a friend of mine or like something very direct mm-hmm. like that, I would be like, I'm so sorry that that happened and that, you know. But Jackie, what that if you were you treated were, this way? What if you were making a lot of money from your grandpa, though? Like to this day, mm-hmm. you were making a lot of money. I can't even imagine making a lot of money from my grandpa. Then I wouldn't just say, hey, sorry about it and keep my money. I would give the money away if I really All felt of that it? bad. I mean, if isn't I there a, isn't there a level where it's bad enough to make a statement, but not bad enough to give all the money away? I mean, do you think that's where Roald Dahl was? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they have to give all the money away, but I definitely think if you make any, if you make a ton of money, no matter how you made it, you should be giving some of it away at least. Yeah. Regardless of anti-Semitic remarks. I guess I'm just saying that I don't think the words really matter. Yeah, maybe. I don't think they needed to apologize. I don't mm. know. Maybe it was so. just too out of the way to go and say that for like it doesn't mean anything. Benefit. Yeah, it's like giving a homeless person money on camera. Like just don't film yourself doing it. Just do a good thing instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But the link on the website is kind of funny looking, so I took a screenshot off, <laughs> posted on Instagram. It's not yeah. there anymore. No, it is. It is there. <laughs> okay. Well, well, thanks everybody. Okay, audience. I hope you look forward to hearing us talk about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Oh, and welcome to season four of Fire the Cannon. Now that Moby Dick is over, I've unilaterally decided oh. this is a oh, new season. Oh, nice. <laughs> Woohoo. Yay. At the end of this episode. Oh, wait. Fireworks, season. Fireworks, fireworks. This is season four now. This episode is episode one. Or no, episode two, right? Because Shakespeare. Uh, whatever. I don't know. What season is the Shakespeare? Whatever. Well, I, I'll find out. I <laughs> will find out when whatever. Jackie releases the episode. <laughs> no, this is the... This episode starts yeah. in season three and it ends in season four. <laughs> <laughs> A leap year episode. Nice. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Bye. Bye, Bye. Bye everyone.